Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Froth here. Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you very much for listening. Back from vacation, ready for some hump day bloggerama action. Ready. Primed and ready. I haven't been able to follow along as closely as I usually do, but still for, you know, over the last couple of weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it's been, I've got some great content for y'all. The bloggers have been just killing it. So there is just a multitude of awesome links, uh, awesome stuff to discuss. So I'm excited to get into it. If this is your first time checking out the show on Wednesdays, I do the Hump Day Bloggerama show. It's basically a celebration of RPG bloggers and RPG blogs. It tends to skew a little towards the old school gaming scene, primarily because that's the group that does the most blogging. Um, but I do follow war game sites, other game systems, you know, people that are posting stuff that's even just peripherally game related, but so I try to give a little something for everybody. So if you're into RPGs, you like the DIY aspect of it, people uh, putting their own creativity out there on blogs for, for all to see, uh, you're in luck. And uh, so I'm going to talk about some of the links, and then I put up all the links that I discuss over at the Thought Eater blog, which is frothsoft, frothsof, dnd.blogspot.com, where you can just Google Thought Eater blog. Ton to get to. God only knows how long this episode's going to be. It might be one where you, you, you know you break it up over a couple days, but that's not so bad. Then you spend a couple days with froth, right? So, but I do have a few call-ins I'm going to get to first. I had a couple of call-ins, uh, a few call-ins related to my last couple of uh, podcasts that I put up. So, um, if you haven't listened to those, you might want to check them out. If not, I'll give you a little lowdown. Uh, some of the stuff I've been talking about were solo games, uh, you know, solo RPGs, game books, stuff like that, as well as the new um, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And the new Pathfinder 2nd Edition discussion got me talking a little bit about just how people respond to new editions in general. So uh, one of the messages you'll hear is Rob C. from Down in a Heap regarding that. And I want to point you over to the Down in a Heap podcast if you're interested in that discussion. First of all, it's an excellent podcast to, to listen to, but uh, Rob has done a couple of podcasts about just new additions and how people respond and has had some good conversation going on with that. So if you want to con- continue that that conversation and everything, definitely go over to Down in a Heap. You'll find it on all the major podcast networks and, uh, and check that out. And then I'm going to end it with a um, uh, some comments from Evelyn Moreau um, from the Chromatic Cauldron blog, uh, one of the premier, just wonderful content creators, amazing artist, and um, she had some comments about um, some stuff from the Hump Day Bloggerama. Uh, so let's get right to it. We're going to start with the calls about uh, solo gaming. Here we go. Hey, Froth. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. I, I'm late to your solo game episode, but uh, one of the games that I tried uh, about a year ago was about uh, was called Four Against the Darkness. And they have like a series of books on uh, Amazon. So, And they weren't too badly priced. I think I played it once, and I always intended to get back to it, but never did. So... Yeah, that's one to look at, too. But like you said, there's so much stuff out there. <sighs> you know, good luck. You know, I don't know. But, yeah, solo gaming is kind of interesting. Uh, I plan on doing a little bit of that during my break in that because I just want to play test a few things I have in my brain that's uh, jumbling around for my Patreon. So, all right, bud, take care. Hey, Jason here. Just calling let you know that you don't need to worry about eating too much while you're on vacation. That's part of what you do on vacation. It's okay. I definitely sympathize with you on being an RPG and board game hoarder and completionist. I've got way more than I'll ever play, which is kind of crazy. And the problem is with the digital stuff is you can't even resell that stuff. At least the board games, you know, if you can bear to do it, you can resell it. I'm glad you mentioned Tunnels and Trolls. Now I don't have to. There's a lot of solo play you know, modules and things out there for that if people are interested. Last thing I wanted to tell you, you asked about two-hour war games. 
definitely look that up. It's twohourwargames.com, T-O-W spelled out. And they have free rules there, complete fantasy and modern rule sets. So you can go just download the free rules and try it out. Highly recommended. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Take care. Bye. You heard from Jason there as well as Tim Schwartz from the Gothridge Manor podcast. And uh, thank you all both for calling in. Um, yeah, that Four Against Darkness came up. I, I'm intrigued by that one because it, it, it has like a... Uh, I haven't played it, but it has like a mapping co- kind of component to it that I think would add another dimension that could be fun. And um, and Jason, thanks for uh, the tips on that two-hour wargaming. So uh, I'm sure other people might be interested in that too, especially as it's free. Because free is good here at the Thought of Your Podcast. We're all about free. Um, just to wrap up the solo gaming that I did uh, on the trip, I, I pretty much just stuck with that Star Bastards. Which was fun. I haven't died yet, but I haven't finished it yet either. Um, and it's fun, but you know what? I think I, I like the. I think my favorite ones that I've played so far are the Call of Cthulhu ones. Probably just more because of subject matter, really, than anything. Um, it's just, you know, I, I'm just more into horror probably overall than, than I am um, sci fi. But. I can say that the two-fisted gaming—they've uh, got you know good system, good writing, and everything else. It's pretty fun. So if you're looking for a modern uh, kind of take on those game books, that's one to look at. So appreciate y'all calling in. And uh, let's see—I've already lost my place. Oh no! Next, we're going to hear from Rob C regarding uh, new additions uh, and uh, Pathfinder 2E Five Minute Friday. Here we go. Hey Froth, it's Rob from Down in a Heap. I don't play Pathfinder, never have, so I have nothing to say there, but for new additions in general, I think it's as you described, people resenting, you know, having to lay out more money to buy the new edition and learn it and all that. Um, but I think it's also largely proportional to how popular the previous edition was. Something like 4E was unpopular, so naturally 5E has gone the opposite direction and become very popular. Um, I think you also see this with things like movie remakes. Uh, the more beloved a movie is, the more resentful people are when it's redone in some way. Or things like Coke and New Coke and the lashback of that because there's so many devoted Coke followers or fans. Changing the formula was bad move. Anyway, hope you're enjoying your vacation. See ya. That's Rob C. there from Down in a Heap, and uh, appreciate that, Rob. And and like I mentioned to y'all, if you um, you might hear my chair creaking a little bit. Um, definitely, if you're interested in more uh, kind of an in-depth uh, look at you know just an interesting interesting discussion about uh, new additions and and how we all you know we're all human beings, you know how we sometimes react to to new things and stuff like that. I, I think it's a, a a good couple of podcasts that Rob has put up about that. So go and check that out just to uh, reiterate what I said back to Rob on his podcast. Uh, just it, to keep it brief. One of the things I mentioned is uh, it's one, kind of one of the cool things about old school gaming. It's, um, you know, we can keep the same old editions, but keep buying new stuff for, it, you know, <laughs> keeps getting supported even, you know, 30, 40 years out. So, but, you know, I think sometimes new additions are due. Other times they seem like they come out too fast. Uh, I think it does matter how you're invested in it. And I think that that's an interesting thought about how, like, the previous edition was uh, was looked at. I know that sometimes when there's an edition that had a lot of mechanical issues and errata and stuff like that, that sometimes can make people look more forward to it. But, um Anyway, like I say, if you want a longer discussion on that and hear more thoughts uh, uh, over at uh, the Down in the Heat podcast, check that out. Hello, it's Zeblin. So, yeah, just a short note about the that hateful blog. It was really disturbing for me to read it. I mean, the transphobic things that you wrote was really hateful. Uh, for a couple of days after that, I was in a, in a weird mood. Uh... I think I'm probably too easily affected by this, but, you know, it's always disturbing. And it's a shame because there's so many 
great and creative and fun transgender people in the RPG scene, in the OSR scene, everywhere. And when I see people eating us like that, it's it's always disturbing. But it's over now, so I'm glad at least there we can move on uh, to more positive things because there's so many other positive things, luckily. So, love your podcast. Bye. Hello, it's Evelyn. I really love your blogorama. Each time I listen to it, after that, I'm super charged and I'm inspired to write uh, some uh, blog post for my blog. So uh, I liked it a lot. And uh, I think if you do one every two weeks, maybe you will have more material to talk about. I don't know. So anyway, whatever you choose, uh, I will be happy with it. So I appreciate it a lot. Thanks. Bye. That's Evelyn Moreau there from the Le Chaudron Chromatique blog that I'm often talking about. And I am so thrilled that you enjoy the Blogorama show. Uh, um, that makes me really happy because, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your work and um, immediately responded to it the first time I, I saw some of your stuff. And uh, I've, I've since, uh, for listeners out there, I've since commissioned Evelyn for some of her amazing drawings for um my, my zines and, and everything and uh and i've you know i'm glad that that is the response you get from it because that is certainly the intention to sh- to share all this awesome stuff um it, it is a motivating thing and it's and it's an exciting thing and it's just uh, i often liken it to like a, a river of awesomeness that's just constantly flowing and you know, if all you got to do is pay a little attention to it, dip your toes in it, and then it's just a stream of creativity that's constantly happening on the blog. So, um, also, I would say, you know, Evelyn there is also um, making reference to a topic that came up uh, a few weeks ago on Hump Day Blogorama about, about this blog that uh, was a completely hateful, um, just uh, terrible. Um, quote unquote review site that just uh, was just you know it it was just horrible to to all sorts of different people and um, it is a a good riddance thing and um, but I I felt that you know I wanted to share your perspective and and what you had said on it because I think that is important for people to hear you know, everybody is, is different. Everybody is uh, a, a beautiful individual, you know, and uh, we need to treat people with respect. And, um, you know, even with this person that did the blog, I, I, you know, I don't wish harm on them. I wish some kind of, you know, healing or help for that person to, you know, to, heal their heart and get rid of some of the hate that they've got going on, you know? Um, um, so anyway, if anyone out there has not checked out Evelyn's art and the stuff that she's doing, I put up a link under the intro tab on uh, over at the thought eater blog for this episode for Evelyn's Patreon, and I highly recommend backing it, especially if you're like a content creator, because Evelyn will often, you know, just kind of throw up these amazing drawings and just be like, hey, you know, feel free to use these for your zines or whatever, and it's and it's just gold. And so, uh, um, if 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 you really respond to her art the way that I do, and 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 uh, you want to support her that way. You know, you could maybe be using some of her artwork and some of your products. It'll really give it a, a very distinct kind of uh, feel, almost like a dreamlike, whimsical. I don't even know if I have the exact words for it. Uh, uh, but anyway, Evelyn, I, I, I really appreciated the call-ins, and I'm glad you're enjoying the shows. All right, time to get rolling into it. If I'm going to manage to even get this out on Wednesday, uh, late start kind of today because I I had to work in Atlanta all day today, and uh, it's just been 
trying to get back in the swing of things, getting home, and my daughter starting third grade, unbelievable, and all that. But we're going to start with the maps. I tend to always try to start with maps. Big fan of RPG cartographers and artists, and I've got some good stuff for you all this week. Starting over at Aniko Maniche's blog. I talk about Aniko a lot because I love Aniko's style. Blogs over at altomocarmisi.blogspot.com. Again, all these links are over at the Thought Eater blog. And um, Aniko's talking about how they were involved with uh, a, a Spanish group called La Marca del Este. Uh, that Aniko refers to as pioneers of the OSR in Spain. And um, it, the assignment was to draw a color plan, isometric perspective of a fortress for a poster. And this is one of those great isometric um, maps. Uh, it's unbelievable. And it's uh, four stories with a kind of like a sub basement dungeon thing going on. It's fantastic. Go and check it out. And um, it's just really great work. And, uh, and Nikos is another Patreon that I back that I, I highly recommend. Also, uh, Glenn Seal over at Monkey Blood Design, um, monkeyblooddesign.co.uk. Um, you know, Glenn had put this uh, one-page dungeon that you can d download up for uh, the contest this year. And uh, mentions he didn't get... Uh, even on honorable mention, which is hard for me to believe given how awesome this, uh, one page dungeon is. But, uh, Glenn, um, decided and says in honor of my miserable showing, which if this is miserable, goodness gracious, you know, I don't, <laughs> I wonder what good is, you know what I mean? Cause this is so great. But, uh, I said, you can use these maps for free. Um, you know, in a, in a product, you know, you can use them in a commercial product and I'll probably take Glenn up on that. I, I love these maps. Uh, the one that I put an image up of is another kind of isometric dungeon sort of deal, but there's also a kind of a, uh, image of an Island with, a um, some ruins and a volcano and it looks great. So go over there and check that out. And Hey, it might be your one and only chance to use a Glenn seal map. Uh, uh so you might want to take Glenn up on it. Then over at themetalearth.blogspot.com, uh, let's see, this is Aos's blog, and Aos is always doing some interesting stuff and has a really original mapping style, and I, I put up a, uh, put up one that's like a kind of a side view kind of of these these caverns with uh, bright colors and a kind of a cartoonish hand drawn style. It's fantastic. Thought you'd check that out. That's over from the metalearth.blogspot.com. You can check that image out on the Thought Eater blog and then go over there to the Metal Earth and see all the cool stuff that AOS uh, does over there. And then finally, as far as the map stuff goes, I had mentioned, I uh, kind of did like a mini review during a hump day blogorama a while back uh, talking about the from the Antherwick House Games blog, Roger Thorm's blog, rthorm.wordpress.com. Uh, Roger did this uh, planetary display logbook that I talked about a while back, and I mentioned at that time that it was just in PDF, but now there's a print uh, a print edition out. So I thought I'd, I'd link up to Roger talking about that if anybody was interested. It would be, if you've got some skills, it would be a really cool thing, a really interesting way to map out your your planet or home world, uh, whether it's a sci-fi game, what, you know, whatever kind of game you're using. And so uh, be sure and check that out as well. Probably the biggest news over the last couple of weeks was, uh, you know, Gen Con, you know, the biggest gaming convention there is. Um, so uh, I'll oftentimes when folks go to conventions, you know, you'll see people put blog posts up about their experience there. And there, there were several, um, you know, some of them aren't that, that detailed, but I, I, I put up uh, uh, Justin Isaac, Blogs over at punverse.blogspot.com, uh, the Halls of the Nephilim blog, and Justin put up some, um, some some pictures, <laughs> tons of Dungeon Crawl Classic stuff and Mutant Crawl Classic stuff they picked up. Wow, and some of the stuff I guess is like Gen Con exclusive. It looks like maybe uh, some rad looking stuff and just people they met and everything, and uh, really cool. Um, looks like they had a good time. Then uh, Havard over at Havard's Blackmore blog. Havard has done maybe more than, you know, there's there's a few bloggers out there that, that do a lot for specific things, you know, like um, 
uh, the Xenopus archive doing the home stuff. And um, Havard has really uh, done a lot for years um, supporting Blackmore and everything and, and put up a post, Blackmore at Gen Con 2019. You might be aware of this um, this Blackmore documentary that had been crowdfunded and and um, and there was a viewing there at, at Gen Con. So it was a, kind of a brief post about that that I thought might be of interest to some folks. Then over at the IndieGaming.com, IndieGaming, I-N-D-Y-Gaming.com blog, uh, there was a time lapse of the Goodman Games Gen Con booth setup, which which is cool to look at, the logistics on that, the setting it up and breaking it down. Probably setting it up is a lot more fun than, the, than breaking it down, but uh, it's, it's pretty cool to look at. And uh, then over uh, Josh Burnett's Bernie the Flump blog, bernietheflump.blogspot.com, uh, Josh did a recap of their experience at Gen Con 2019 as well. And then that leads us to the Innies. And so, you know, the Innie Awards, the annual t tabletop awards um, happened. And, you know, there's been some discussion around uh, the legendary Anchorites folks uh, podcasting here on Anchor. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks, um, you know, probably like anybody, you know, the people that are going to care the most about an award show whether it's RPG related or the Oscars or whatever, are going to be the people nominated or people really invested in it. But, you know, um, for me, I, I like looking at it because, uh, for one thing, I like, you know, collections and lists and everything. So seeing all these nominations is interesting to me. I also like to just kind of, it gives me kind of a snapshot of like the year in games, at least the year in, in, in um, mainstream, I guess you could say games and um and then there were there was some some really good stuff on there and some some really good stuff won um you know mothership uh those folks are always cool to interact with and um and creative and i think that's a really good product and, and that one um uh for best game and it also i think got best uh, silver and best adventure how is this laid out this one in order of yeah, I got best game, and then I'm gonna say it's best adventure, but these aren't an alphabetical or anything. Where is it? This is not the way I would have laid it out, and it's not the order that they announced the winners. I think they got silver and something. My eyes aren't gonna come. Come on, Frost. I know they got a silver and something else. How am I missing it? Oh, there it is. Best Adventure. I was right. But then the other thing I was happy to see was uh, Chaosium getting a lot of stuff. Because, you know, y'all know I'm a huge Call of Cthulhu fan. And, and even though some of the stuff was like a re-release, you know, Mask of Nyarlathotep, obviously it's had multiple editions. Still cool to see it get awarded. Um, it's cool to see some cult stuff on here. Uh, Kids on Bikes. Um, the Alexandrian blog which is one I mentioned quite a bit, comes up later. Uh, Ken and Robin talk about stuff podcasts. There's some good stuff, you know. And like I say, my main, uh, the main thing I like about looking at it is just kind of being able to see all the, you know, get a snapshot of the year in gaming and everything. So you can probably still find some, um, you know, a video stream of this if you didn't watch it. I watched about 10 minutes of it. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Cave Girl, St uh, Stygian Library, Stygian Library is up there. Uh, Cult, did I already mention that? Um, Fall of Delta Green, uh, another Ken Hyde thing. Uh, a bunch of interesting stuff. So I've got the links to that. Now, that all said, you know, the Ennies, I mean, yeah. But the only, the only awards that have ever truly mattered are the Rammies, uh, Raminons awards uh, from the save versus total party kill blog. <laughs> and, uh, I, I say that only kind of half tongue in cheek because Raminon always picks some awesome stuff and kind of times it to come out with the innies. So I put up a link, uh, it's got the past this year and the past year's uh, awards, um, uh, for the Rammies. And, uh, let's see this year, 
they've got Mothership and uh, Dead Planet up there for the for the best goddamn books of 2018, <laughs> best set, setting book. They've got Operation Unfathomable uh, uh, from Jason Schultes and uh, Jez Gordon for Hydro Cooperative. It's got uh, the Black Hack 2E up for best game, and then it's got honorable mentions for Nave. The Through Ultons uh, Door uh, Zine, which is really excellent, from Ben Lawrence. Emmy Allen's Dolores Stroke Trophy from Jesse Ross, that I'm not familiar with. Uh, and the Games Workshop uh, Kill Team uh, Miniatures game. So, thought I'd give a shout out to the Rammies. And I think that's all I got to say about it. You know, the, every time I look at the Gen Con and it's stuff, it's just so crowded. It's. I don't know if I can handle something that size uh, as far as, uh, you know, it's not that I have any kind of problem with being around that many people or in crowds. I don't have a phobia over it or anything like that. It just seems like it'd be kind of tough to navigate and and uh, just get a hotel room and all that kind of stuff. So, But, it you know, once you're there and you're on the floor, it's cool stuff and uh Actually, uh, one of my players in my game, I was really thankful they were able to pick me up some uh, Gen Con exclusive stuff. So I kind of had an inside man for, for, for you know to get the stuff that I that I wanted. But uh, anyway, I got links to all that up on the Thought Eater blog. Congratulations to the winners. Uh, the big thing that's going on right now, as far as blogs go, is the whole RPG a day. 2019 thing that's going on for August and you know I've talked before about how there'll be like blog carnivals or these things where there'll be a, a list of topics or that kind of thing where a bunch of different blogs will participate and post on the same topic or there'll be a topic a day and that kind of thing and that's what the RPG a day basically is there's a like a one word prompt for each day of the month for August and you know then you try to uh, you know blog for every for every um a day and uh, I think there was also one month they do like an A to Z challenge I, I posted about before so um, I, without getting into too much detail about this there are a lot of podcasters that are doing a podcast today for this uh, a lot of legendary anchorites and a lot of bloggers now I apologize in advance if I missed a podcaster doing this on anchor or if I missed a blogger I tried you know searching through my blog roll and everything to get as many as I could. But if for some reason I neglected yours, uh, it was not intentional. I just did not see it. But uh, the Dragons Are Real podcast is doing this. I've got all these links up as well. Uh, the Free Thralls Keep Off the Borderlands is doing it. John Allen Large at Red Dice Diaries. Uh, Timothy Drennan, who also does the Triple M uh, satirical podcast, Started a whole new podcast, the Occult Orifice Outrage, to do the um, RPG a day. Check that out if you want to hear uh, Tim out of character. Joe Richter, who's been a big supporter of, of my podcast as well as others, also does the Wheeler Woe actual play podcast, has started the Hindsightless podcast here on Anchor and is doing the RPG a day. Definitely check that out. Joe is an, uh, it's an inspiring guy. And uh, interesting to hear what Joe's got to say over at the Hindsightless um, podcast. As far as bloggers doing it, uh, you can check out the Cross Plains blog. Again, I've got links to all these. Tim Brannon at the other side is doing it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Norbert Matosh. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. At Darkworm Cult. Uh, the Strange Stones blog. Let's see who this person is. The Venomous Pal is doing it. And uh, the Stargazers World blog. I think that's Michael Wolf. It might be multiple authors doing it. Um, let me make sure that's right. No, Sunglar. Roberto, a.k.a. Sunglar, is the one doing the... Uh, the RPG a day over at the Stargazers World blog. There, there's multiple authors that work on, on that Stargazers World blog. So that's all the ones that I've found. I'm sure there's more. Um, but like I say, I, it wasn't intentional if I left yours off. But <clears throat> I've got links to all that. So a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of bloggers that are participating in that. Uh, uh, so go and check that out and encourage them to keep it up. I'm sure that first week, it's not so bad. You get in the second week. 
you're going to have a couple days you didn't feel like doing it. By the third week, you're like, you might have a day where you're like, why did I even do this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe that's just how I'd be. But, uh, you know, doing 31 days of blogging or podcasting, hey, that's a lot. So cheer them on. Check out their posts. And, uh, yeah. As we get into some of the kind of regular um, segments, you'll notice that they were a little bit more bloated than usual. It's because I got you know a couple of weeks of stuff in some of these, but I'm I'm, I'm just going to bounce bounce through some of it. But uh, I didn't want to cut some of this stuff because it was really good. So I might not talk about some of it as much in depth as I usually do. But uh, again, all the links are at the Thought Eater blog and. Uh, there's plenty of good stuff to look at. You know, one thing um, was at uh, the other side blog. This is Tim S. Brandon's blog that I mentioned before with the RPG Day stuff. Uh, they did a review of the Blue Home Journeyman and Prentice rules. And this is uh, kind of emulating and expanding on the Holmes Basic D&D set. Um, Tim mentions that the Holmes set is one of the few versions of the D&D games you can't get on drive through, which is true. But you can get the Blue Home game, and it's got the Prentice rules, which is kind of the introductory deal, and the full Journeyman rules. And um, Tim's got an in-depth review about these. So if you're a Holmes Basic fan and uh, are looking for something that emulates that, um, you can go and check out the review over there at the Other Side blog. There's also a review over at the Hardworld GM Shoes Office blog, gmshoe.wordpress.com, of a game I knew nothing about called uh, Don't Look Back, Don't Look Back, Conspiracy Horror Role-Playing. And uh, it's like a, uh, a rules light. Uh, it uses a D6 times D6 system. So you know, uh, it says the system basically roll 2D6 and multiply for a range of 1 to 36, which is an interesting sounding system to me. And then just a kind of conspiracy horror uh, that sounds like a cool genre to me too. If you agree and want to read a little bit more about, uh, the don't look back game, third edition, go over to gmshoe.wordpress.com and check that out. Uh, 10 foot pole, Bryce Lynch's blog. I, you know, I, I try to just, uh, you know, Bryce, like I, I've mentioned before, sometimes I really like something, oftentimes won't, but, uh, rather, you know, I, I don't tend to share really super negative reviews about anything not that Bryce is ever really unfair to something it's just I'd rather just share you know the positive stuff so that's why I put up this review positive review of a of a new OSR module called the Temple of the Blood Moth it looks uh, uh, it's written by Jacob Butcher edited by Skirples from the Coins and Scrolls blog for uh, dual statted for OSR and 5e and uh, got a positive review looks like something that's pretty cool um i'd like to um get this in print because it looks kind of zine size but i don't think there is a print copy at this point but one of the things that bryce mentions it's a good adventure creepy evocative usable the way every adventure should be so if you're looking for a osr uh, you know old school style 5e module or something you can run for multiple gaming groups you might want to take a look at uh, that review for the Temple of the Blood Moth. Um, let's see here. Okay, Michael Raston, I've talked about before. It does a setting, the Infinigrad setting. And I, I reviewed one of Michael's um, uh, products before. It's like a collection of random tables and stuff for their Infinigrad setting. It's basically this huge, sprawling, you know, decaying, kind of decadent city where. You know, PCs and other people like them are, are hired on as guild dogs. You know, they work for the guilds to to, to do missions and stuff like that. And um, they did this great kind of, I'm putting it under retrospective, it's really a collection of all the Infinigrad guild dog posts that they've done on their blog. And it's dozens and dozens of links all nicely organized. So if you want to check out more about that Infinigrad setting, uh, Michael's made it really easy for you. I think it's really cool. A cool idea that can lead to a lot of adventures, you know, keep it open-ended. You know, they're always going to be getting more um, uh, missions and stuff. And then uh, Michael's really talented with the random tables and using random tables to kind of generate setting details and have that kind of whole emergent setting through random tables thing that I tend to enjoy. So that's over at lizardmandiaries.blogspot.com, the collected Infinigrad and Guild Dogs post-collection. 
uh, an interesting post at uncaringcosmos.com called New Game. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to put this up is because I was hoping I maybe can use this to, to get Colin and uh, and Darren Green and, and some of the, our other, my other uh, colleagues podcasting on Anchor from across the pond. They put up a post called New Game where they're talking about uh, the British old school and uh, what they consider British old school games. And they're talking about um, influences for the for the B-OSR, like Early White Dwarf, Games Workshop, Fighting Fantasy Game Books, British comics, like 2000 AD, British fantasy art, comedy, such as Monty Python, The Young Ones, etc. And they, they talk about games such as uh, Warhammer Fantasy, obviously, Dragon Warriors, Advanced Fighting Fantasy, Maelstrom, and Heroes. Some of those I'm very familiar with. Others like Heroes I'd heard of but not so familiar with. But um, anyway, uh, it was just in, kind of an interesting look at at um, a different, um, you know, a different um, uh, kind of perspective on, on old school gaming. You know, kind of the, the, the British perspective on that. So I thought that was kind of a cool retrospective uh, post and it might give you some ideas of things you want to track down and take a look at. DM David at dmdavid.com put up a post talking about the city state of the invincible overlord from judges guild. Uh, still got some of the best maps ever put down on the paper and it's uh, still just such a great, uh, great product. I just have a PDF. I know Rob C's got a, got a print copy stashed away somewhere, but, um, it, it's just these kind of almost infinite feeling, um, stores and, and shops and places for, for, for uh, PCs to visit with uh, often, um, you know, uh, peculiar um, descriptions and, and everything. And uh, like I say, the maps are unbelievable. So if you want a closer look at the city-state of the Invincible Overlord from Judges Guild, that's a good retrospective post for you at dmdavid.com. And finally, the Alexandrian put up a post called The Day the Old School Died that's all about the differences and, and uh, the, the uh, B3 module from TSR, the Palace of the um, Silver Princess, and how it uh, went from the orange cover that kind of got pulled before wide release to the, the later green cover, some of the differences between those modules, why it may have been pulled and changed, and um, you may have heard some of that, those kind of stories and things before. Uh, but I think the, this is really good scholarship and everything, uh, from, uh, Justin Alexander over there. And one of the reasons why Justin won an any, so check that out. And now a word from our sponsors. All right. I hope you are hanging with me. We still got a lot of stuff to get to, but right now we're going to get to the random tables. Random tables and generators. So some neat stuff this week. Starting over at the Red Dice Diaries blog, I already mentioned John Allen Large early in the podcast. They've got one up, a Random Things Tavern Name Generator. And this is one where you can just click a button. So I'm going to um, create a random of several random tavern names. The Garnet Diviner, the Squire's Head, the Grey Gripe, the Phoenix and Lichen, and the Emerald Witch. A couple more. Oh, the asparagus merchant. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, that might be my next tavern in my games. <laughs> well, you guys head over to the tavern. Uh, it's kind of a rundown place. Uh, it's called the asparagus merchant. It looks kind of seedy. So anyway, if you want to just click a button and get a bunch of tavern names, go over to Red Dice Diaries. And check out that tavern name generator. At the Boogeyman's Cave, they've got a random dungeon name generator that is a... Uh, D66 deal, so let's see here. It is the library of unhallowed violence. The library of unhallowed violence. How about one more on here? Uh, let's skip the head there. Let's see, the cabin of tenebrous terror. 
So you could just go through these lists and make something out of it, but to, or or roll on it. But if you want to get on there with uh, your your d6s and roll a random dungeon name, check that over at the Boogeyman's Cave. This is one that I really was looking forward to sharing. If you're into 5e, I had no idea about this site, but I've got it bookmarked now at Giphy Glyph. GiphyGlyph.com. It says, hey, I'm Giphy Glyph. I write rules, build tools, and play games. It's a bunch of different uh, tools like a monster maker, a monster web app, uh, dice roller, roll 20 sheet, uh, a bunch of kind of like 5e related tools uh, that you'll just have to go over and check out and play with but um, uh, very cool there so if you're listening to this and you're into 5e go over to that giphycliff.com and have a look at some of these tools um, uh, let's see uh, this is good stuff the cackle charm over at the manse put up a post six ways for dogs to shoot arrows cackle charm is uh, one of the most creative bloggers um, so anyway so Let's see how the dog can shoot an arrow here. The dog can throw down the bow and it has small studs on both ends of the bow. These prop up the bow horizontally. It has a duckbill style design, so whichever way it falls, it will always fall with the bow angled upwards at a shallow angle. The dog places the arrow on the string and pulls it back with either their mouth or both front paws and releases it to fire. <laughs> so, um... Do one more on here. I thought dog shoot arrows. The dog rolls onto its back, uses its hind legs to pull the bowstring, holds bow with front paws, aims upside down, tongue lolled out everywhere with each trick shot. <laughs> so, if you want some ways for dogs to shoot arrows, you know, you got to go over to themansgaming.com and check out what Cackle Charm has for you over there. And then uh, at the Goblin's Henchman blog, goblinshenchman.wordpress.com. They put up a post, uh, the Hexcel, a random hex crawl generator using Excel. And so this is something I put an image up. It's got a video, a demo video of how to use it. And then you can download this uh, um, Excel hex crawl generator uh, thing. And the, the uh, Goblin Sentiment is always coming up with with odd tools and, and interesting you know, tricks and, and stuff like that. So stick around over there and click around and, and check out some more of their stuff. You like free stuff? Well, me too. And I got a bunch of it for you. Starting over at Nate Treem's blog, the Highland Paranormal Society, natetreem.com. They've got a rules light RPG, Tunnel Goons, that they've got where you can download it for free. It's a one-page 2D6 um, system that looks like you could definitely, uh, you know, throw, you know, read it once, throw some dice with some folks. Uh, it's supposed to be cool to see some hacks of it, some expansions and stuff from people. So, um, Tunnel Goons, check that out, download it for free. Also over at the, uh, darksunadventures.blogspot.com blog, Adventures Under the Dark Sun. Obviously this is all centered around second edition Dark Sun. They put up a post, uh, with some, uh, paper minis for Dark Sun. Really simple style, but it's got that classic kind of second edition font that they use for some of their stuff. Um, and so, you know, if you like paper minis, you could print these out and, and, and use them. And I wanted to give a little love to that blog. It's totally focused on Dark Sun, always posting something up there, uh, giving Dark Sun some love. Over at Geek Native, geeknative.com, this is really cool. Download the Marvel Crisis Protocol rules for free. So this is from Atomic Mass Games, and they've made a download available for free of their Marvel Crisis Protocol miniatures game. So um, something to definitely check out. You want to download a free rule set for this uh, minis game for uh, with Marvel superheroes. You can check that out at geeknative.com. Uh, Talisman over the 9 and 30 Kingdoms has been doing, I've, I've featured many of their uh, pamphlet dungeon PDFs and they put three up over the last couple weeks. So I got links to all three of those. Uh, the Pit Perils Dungeon Expander Pamphlet, the Bug Burrows Dungeon Expander Pamphlet, and the Generic Semi-Random Dungeon Pamphlet. So three pamphlets there from uh, Talisman. Always putting in the work for you all over at the 9 and 30 Kingdoms blog, 9and30kingdoms.blogspot.com. Skirples uh, from Coin and, Coins and Scrolls was one of the top three of the One Page Dungeon Contest, and they've got their 
entry the roving wheel up as a free download at the coins and scrolls.blogspot.com blog uh steve's the borderlands blog dndborderlands.blogspot.com steve does the excellent dice roll zine um uh has put up a pamphlet dungeon that you can download these pamphlet zines killer i've got oof, man i don't even know how many i've got now a bunch i want more i can't give me enough of these uh barbarians and black magic is the name of it a sword and sorcery pamphlet rpg so go over there and check that and down uh, check that out and download it if you have not checked out steve's uh dice roll zine excellent osr zine it's got two issues out right now that you can pick up and then finally, Red Kangaroo at the Library of Atnam did an excellent post. I could have put this under retrospectives, but as it has free downloads, I've, I've decided to put it under the free down, uh, free stuff heading. Encounter critical resources. So I don't know, probably many, but not all, of uh, listeners to this podcast will have heard of Encounter Critical, which is a it's a modern game, but it's it's uh, it's presented as a lost game from the late seventies. And uh, S. John Ross uh, released this, and you know it's it's made to look weathered, and it's really really creative and, and cool. Um, but and uh, Red Kangaroo has put up links where you can download the original booklet for Encounter Critical, as well as uh, all the rule books, uh, unofficial content, and resources and stuff like that. So if you've never checked out Encounter, Encounter Critical, now you can do so for free bunch of really interesting miscellaneous posts that I wanted to mention that I spotted over the last couple weeks. First, at Dismaster's Den of Unfinished Thoughts, dismastersden.blogspot.com, they put up a post, Compendium of OSR Regulations in Italian. And what this is, is if Italian is your first language or you're Italian uh, or speak Italian, whatever you're interested um, I thought I would share this because it is a list of all the different games, OSR sort of related games that have Italian translations and it's got links and everything. And I think this is so awesome because if, if it was my first language, this would be uh, really helpful. It's easy to forget sometimes that, you know, so many people are, are, are bilingual and they're having to read a lot of this stuff or buy it and, and uh, you know, what is their second language. So... You can get Labyrinth Lord, Strange Magic, stuff like Basic Fantasy, Knave, um, Black Hack, a bunch of stuff in uh, Italian translations. So I thought this was uh, very, very helpful. Uh, would be something really helpful if uh, you speak Italian or if it's your first language and you're looking for Italian OSR supplements. So check that out at dismastersden.blogspot.com. Over at the Xenopus Archives, xenopusarchives.blogspot.com. I mentioned this before. Um, uh, the kind of bastion and uh, hub of anything uh, Holmes Basic related. Uh, they put up a cool post. Gygax's D&D revision plans from 1977. And this was, uh, it's got a kind of a clipping of Gygax um, from... Uh, the Alarums and Excursion zine number 21 in April 1977. Uh, but it says it's actually copied from an earlier source um, from Walter Luke Haas's Game Scene Europa from maybe 1975 even. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I guess it, the, the point of it is it's, it's Gygax talking about ideas for how to revise D&D after the little brown books and everything. And and so uh, you can kind of just see, it's interesting if you're into the history of the game to, to see what the plans were and how they didn't end up happening. It was like, we're working on a D&D revision as follows. All material in booklet form and magazine articles will be included. The entire package will consist of a beginner's guide, a player's handbook, a referee's manual, and one supplement, a revised Gods, Demigods, and Heroes. The revision will only use one combat system and will go into greater detail in explanatory and technical areas. Obviously, the original D&D made reference to Chainmail as well as the uh, alternate combat system. It says the form bat will be 8.5 by 11 inches. There will be no additional formal material, and it will be a boxed set with dice. And so, um, you know, and then obviously 
that didn't end up happening. You ended up with Holmes Basic and, you know, then the kind of split for with Basic Expert and, and Advanced and all that. So just some interesting history uh, if you wanted to check that out. Uh, let's see. Over at the Three Toadstools blog, threetoadstools.blogspot.com, Shane Ward's blog, also a legendary anchorite doing the Gilligan's Isle of ADD podcast. First, I want to thank Shane. Shane gives me a shout um, on there, and uh, but also um, this is kind. Of, it's almost like a kind of collection of stuff Shane's been checking out, and so I think I saw that there was another one of these up today as well. So uh, maybe these will be a regular feature over at the Three Toadstools blog, kind of like a little news and reviews and just some links and stuff like that. Mentions Colin Green's uh, Spike Pit. Um, podcast, uh, the one page dungeon contest, uh, the dark fast dungeons product release. Um, uh, well, this is cool. I haven't, uh, downloaded this yet. A, uh, it's called basic and it uses the, the S as a five. So it's like a, a five E hack over at the blood of Procopius blog. So it looks like this is going to be hopefully a legend, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a, uh, a regular podcast from a legend, a regular, oh, I was doing so well, what not, <laughs> so, a, a regular blog post from a legendary Anchorite podcaster, uh, featuring some stuff that's going on over the week or stuff that they noticed. So go over and check that out at three toadstools.blogspot.com. And next, I lost it, didn't I? Delta's D&D Hotspot. Love Delta's blog. Long-running, old-school blog. And it says, Math, History, and the Design of Old-School D&D. So you usually get some kind of analytics and statistics and stuff like that that I find fascinating. This one's called, uh post is called Wilderness Encounter Levels. And it's talking about the random tables in OD&D and kind of the relative um, uh, kind of difficulty you know, depending on terrain and what you might run into. Because you got to remember on some of these old tables, I mean, you're talking about, you know, maybe 300 brigands that you could run into, you know, just forget about it. Um, and so it breaks it into their, you know, the total hit dice you might run encounter, as well as the terrain. And it's just, uh, if you're into statistics and stuff like this, um, it, it might be something that uh, you'd be interested in reading. I thought it was, was fascinating. Turns out, if you're wondering what the most difficult of the terrains was, uh, the desert. The desert would have been your most difficult. And clear, as you might have imagined, would be the easiest. And cities, actually, cities can be quite deadly, believe it or not. No safe no, There's really no safe place in original D&D, <laughs> depending on what the dice do to you. Cool post at Kerrang. Now this is a a, a music site, Kerrang.com, but they have a post up called Dungeon Masters: How Role Playing Games Influenced Heavy Metal, exploring the fascinating interconnected history of heavy metal and fantasy role playing game. So this is a good read. It's not very long. Um, it, it talks a little bit about different bands that were into D and D and and some of the um, you know the ways that there's a kind of cross-pollination between heavy metal scene and D&D. Check that out. At Against the Wicked City, Udan, U-D-A-N-Adan, A-D-A-N, dot blogspot.com. This is Joseph Manola's blog. I've mentioned it before. They read a biography on Walter Scott, and it's called How Walter Scott Almost Invented RPGs 200 Years Early. And it's got uh, some quotes from their book about um, some gaming they had, uh, kind of ideas they had back in, let's see, uh, this, so this would have been 1700s, in the 1780s. And it says, uh, let me read a quote for you here. Um, their storytelling, it says the storytelling is only a character sheet away from D&D. And Scott's reenactment of historical battles on the floor of his bedroom sounds as though it was only a few dice away from wargaming. 
fantasy RPGs and tabletop war cam- wargaming would both have been born in the 1780s. So an interesting post to read if that sounds like uh, something up your alley. A little bit of historical stuff and how it uh, kind of uh, got tantalizingly close to RPGs back in the late 1700s. Hanging on here. And finally, on the miscellaneous front, at Diamond Games, D-A-I-M-O-N-Games.blogspot.com. Put up a cool post. I often mention this. Uh, David Pignandoli uh, uh, will kind of put together uh, several you know, posts from different sources on the same topic, and I think these are always really great to read. Uh, this one's called Alternatives to the Vancey and Magic System. So it's got stuff from uh, Diogo Nogueira um, over at Old Sculling. It's got stuff from, let's see, the D4 Kyle Trips blog. That's uh, uh, K Trey's blog. I'm starting to memorize names from all these. Martino at uh, Goodberry Monthly. A bunch of different um, sources uh, that you can read about alternative um, magic systems for D&D. So I thought that was cool. All right, so for my final topic today, nothing controversial today, just something that caught my eye, a post over at DungeonSolvers.com saying, after the adventure, dealing with downtime in 5e. And this got me thinking not just about 5e downtime or, you know, time, you know, I guess that's like what they call it now, but it's just really just time away from adventuring, rest and recuperation, whatever else. And this is a good post. It talks a little bit about the shadow of the demon lord and how they handle downtime and 5e. And it talks about uh, cost of living and lifestyle, off-screen activities such as shopping, training, gathering intelligence, crafting, and the like. And it just got me thinking about uh, different games, how, how they handle it or how I've handled it in my campaigns and things like that. You know, it's it's interesting, you know, there's downtime activities and that sort of thing going back to Brownstein and, and Arneson's game and all that, and players would have, you know, more than one player, and some people would be staying home and healing and doing these kind of things, and while another group was adventuring, and it, it brings to mind uh, Gygax's fam- famous quote about uh, how you can't have a meaningful campaign if strict time records aren't kept and everything. And I do keep strict time records as far as calendar and everything. But what I run into a lot is, uh, a lot of my campaigns are, are not so episodic. They're all kind of dealing with, uh, one major thing. So they're, they're, they're constantly on the move and there'll be a lot of travel and stuff like that, but not so much where, you know, okay, a month passes by while you're at the town, what are you doing or whatever. But, you know, you'll have cer- certain games where they'll require, uh, or, or OSR systems and otherwise, where they'll require training to level up. Uh, you know, obviously have uh, things like, um, you know, the kind of end game and, and early D&D of building strongholds and everything. It got me thinking about... Um, organized play and how they handle it you know you do a day job check for pathfinder society to get a little extra gold or there's things you know these kind of things so i thought it it wasn't something i wanted to get too much in depth talking about but i thought it might um hopefully um trigger some call-ins from from listeners like uh, do you have your own downtime system or do you follow in other systems? Do you use like a Frankenstein system where you're borrowing from multiple systems for it? How common are uh, are downtime activities and that sort of thing in your game? Um, is it something you use or you never use? You know, just anything on that subject. And uh, definitely go over to DungeonSolvers.com and, and have a read through this. It, 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 I thought it was interesting and it talks a little bit about how they marry the Shadow of the Demon Lord stuff with their 5e game um but uh, for my current campaign you know running the night below it's kind of like uh the pressure is on for them to keep moving so they if they do stop for a few days it's really to just recuperate or or hunt something down it's not uh these kind of breaks in between adventuring but if you're uh running you know any number of other kind of campaign styles it is something that would come up so i thought huh I wonder what other people are doing uh, with downtime or if anybody had any thoughts. So if 
you want to get on the uh, one of the Thought Eater shows, if you have any thoughts about downtime or how you handle it in your campaigns, whether you're playing D&D or anything else, what, how you handle off-camera stuff, uh, please give me a call in. I'll, I'll, put it on the, uh, I'll put it on the show. And another thing it just reminded me about is that, uh, that new, uh, new-ish Monty Cook game, Invisible Sun. That, that's one where uh, baked into the mechanics, from what I understand at least, uh, uh, there's a, you know, you're, you can actually play away from the table where there's stuff going on, like, you know, away from the gaming table. So there's actually some downtime, you know, real life downtime play that's going on. So that, that, that always intrigued me. Anyway, if you've got any thoughts on downtime, give me a call. Let me know. Otherwise just check out that post over at dungeonsolvers.com. Well, that is the show for today feel really good about it lots of great content unbelievable isn't it you look back at all <laughs> go over to the thought eater blog like i say i put all these links up uh go back and look through all that and that's just uh you know with me missing tons of stuff that even you know despite missing a bunch that's just a couple weeks of the kind of stuff you find on rpg blogs what an amazing thing it is what a gift it is from all the bloggers so if you if you check out any of this stuff and enjoy it, be sure and leave a comment. Let the bloggers know that you appreciated it and thought it was cool. Um, I, I know I'm going to be doing that tomorrow, going through all these and, and leaving some comments to let people know about it. Um, you know, I'm getting really dangerously close to 100 episodes, and that's uh, amazing to me. When I first started this podcast, um, probably whatever it is, seven, eight months ago, uh, and I, I think I heard an, another anchorite or somebody doing their hundredth episode. I was like, huh, I wonder if I'll ever make it that far. You know, I wonder if I'll, if I'll get there because it just seems so far away. And, and then now it's just kind of just coming right around the corner on me. Um, uh, I, I, I tried to mentally think about when it's going to hit and I think it might be a five minute Friday, which would be perfect. But, um, Anyway, I'll start thinking about, I don't think I'm going to do anything super wild, but I'll definitely have some thank yous and things I want to say to listeners at that point, because I, I really appreciate people checking out the shows and, and, uh, checking out my blog. Uh, very thankful for that. Um, thankful for the Anchorite community and, uh, just uh, people in general, uh, people backing me on Patreon, um, patreon.com forward slash thought eater. Uh, y'all's support is, is tremendous. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm still just having fun doing this. Now, I do think that, um, as I mentioned a few podcasts ago with my daughter starting back at school and stuff that's just going on at work and everything, I don't think I'm going to be able to maintain a top three Tuesday every week. I think it will still will be something that, you know, that comes up from time to time, um, and I know people enjoy it and everything, and I enjoy doing it. It's just, uh, it's hard. It's too much for me to maintain that, that schedule uh, on a weekly basis. And I definitely don't want to give up on, uh, I have no intention of giving up on the Hump Day Bloggerama. And with the work I'm doing on this one and everything, it's just hard for me to uh, to, to do the Top 3 Tuesday every week. But really, Top Free Tuesday, it's not something that Frost should own anyway. It's really something I like, I, I like when other anchorites do a Top 3 list or whatever. So, um, you know, hopefully people, other anchorites, you know, feel free to uh, always, you know, do those or whatever. I, I like, it's just a, a cool way to frame talking about something really and so when I do have things to talk about, I'll, I'll do those. But um, I think my regular schedule is going to be the five-minute Friday session recaps and the Hump Day Bloggerama, and then I'll throw in those top three Tuesdays as they come up. That's that's where I'm at right now. Obviously, things can change. It was just a little too hard for me to maintain and do the other kind of real-life stuff that I need to do. Um, I also need to say I've, I know I've fallen way behind on working on these zines. I just between uh work stuff real other real life stuff and vacation uh, it's it's been a drag on that but uh, i am going to do my best to push through on those as quickly as i can but that all said um i didn't mean to get to 
where I'm sounding negative about anything. Honestly, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be podcasting. Uh, I'm very, very thankful for the support of folks uh, out there that y'all have given me. It is appreciated, and uh, I'm going to continue to do my best to give you as much Frost stuff as I possibly can. Um, So, anyway. Uh, Yeah, so leave me a message on Anchor if you want to get on the show, if you want to talk about downtime or any of the other topics we've got. I love getting messages. I'll put you on the program. You can also email me, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. As I've mentioned numerous times, but just one more time for you, Make sure you go over to the Thought Eater blog. It's got links to all the stuff that I talked about. And hey, go back and check through the archives. You know, I've built up a lot of these hump day bloggeramas now, and every week is cool. So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, now or four months ago or whenever. You're gonna if you haven't checked it out yet, you're gonna find some cool stuff. So, um, I think that's about it. Anyway, good to be back. Appreciate um, appreciate again the support. Next you'll hear from me is 5-Minute Friday. I've got some ideas for uh, Willie the Wizard, so maybe it'll be time for another one of those. Um, but if not, uh, I'll think of something to flap my gums about, right? <laughs> All right, Logan. Take us home. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind